Welcome to Large Group. I'm pumped y'all are here. This is exciting. It's been three months technically because we didn't meet until except for the first week of November. And then you all went home and we didn't see each other for a year, something like that. Um, but I'm so glad that you are here. I'm excited. Um, on your way out when you leave, not now, uh, so don't anybody move, but on your way out, if you need a keychain, there's one back there. Go ahead and grab one or five. Um, give them to your friends, your family, your loved ones. Use them for Christmas gifts next year. I don't care. Um, but this is what we do. We exist so that students can encounter Jesus and connect with others. Um, that's the reason why we come together. Anytime you are part of a Chi Alpha large group, a Chi Alpha small group, or even a Chi Alpha hangout, or we're going to McDonald's for something. I don't know why. Um, upset stomachs. That's what we're going to McDonald's for. Anyway, um, but it's so that you can encounter Jesus and connect with others. That's the whole reason why we're here. I'm excited about this. We've got seven of us that are going on this trip. Um, the reason why we have this on, oh, so Brie gets to go on this one. I'm super pumped about that. Uh, the reason I'm going to leave this up here every time we meet is so that hopefully you can be in prayer for the team that is going on this. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. Now, if you are not part of the Chi Alpha group me, that's what this is for. This is how you get most of the information. Um, this is how you find out a lot of our happenings and stuff, because um, I suck at social media, okay? So just group me is kind of where it's at. Um, it's just easy for me. Um, thanks. All right, um, I will show this up again at the end uh, when we're, we're done here this evening. Now, uh, if you were here in November of last year, which is crazy, Dr. Reg kind of actually started our series um, and probably you don't remember what the series is going to be for this entire semester, but I'll help you know. I'll help you know. Yeah. I'll help you. I'll you no, I'll tell you. All right. Uh, <laughs> yes. But there's a phrase that is used uh, often by Jesus in the New Testament, and in, he uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, dot, dot, dot. Um, the dot, dot, dot is not in Hebrew or Greek. Um, don't worry about that part. Um, but then he usually tells stories. So I'm going to um, hopefully break down or unpack um, one of the parables each time we meet um, all like four times this semester, which is silly. It's so sad, but that's okay. Um, but I'm going to break down one of them. Now, before we do that, we do have to look at this verse here, uh, Matthew 3, 2. It says this, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, the reason this is important, I forgot to put this in red, but these are words from Jesus. Uh, this is directly from Jesus. Repent, uh, for the kingdom of God is near. Now, it's also said by John the Baptist, uh, not John the disciple, which are actually two different people. Um, fun fact. There you go. Um, but this was said by John the, the Baptist. There it is. And Jesus. It was said by a few other people in different variations. But this, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Some translations say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ha 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 ha. Like, like super dramatic. It's really exciting. Um, but we want to know. So if Jesus says things like, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then we read stuff like this, it says repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. We need to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. Okay. Uh, I, I want you to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, more than likely, unfortunately, many of you may have grown up in a tradition where the only reason you go to church, the only reason you say that you're a Christian, the only reason you wear cross earrings or whatever uh, is so that you don't go to hell. Um, that's the only reason you have that cross tattoo on your chest. 
Um, guys, you too. Just kidding. Um, but that's, that's weird. Uh, but that's like that's that that like that's that's a lot of what traditions um, have have felt like. Now, if you didn't go to one of those churches, awesome. If that's not how you felt growing up, also awesome. If you didn't grow up in any kind of tradition, cool. I'm glad you're here. Um, but the kingdom of God is more than just what happens after you die. That is one-dimensional, it's very, very narrow, and it means there's absolutely no hope for you here on earth, and you have to die to experience Jesus. That sounds sucketh. Um, that is King James. Uh, different translations say it differently. Uh, but, so repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, the kingdom of God carries the idea of God coming into the world to reveal and display his power, his glory, and one of the most difficult ones, his authority over all powers. This is what the idea of the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, when John the Baptist says this, when Jesus says this, when Paul sort of says this in various fashions, um, this is what they're talking about. The kingdom of heaven is not this far off place. The kingdom of heaven, by the way, is not out of reach for you even in this room tonight. The kingdom of God is here, not near, it's actually here. Uh, you can be part of the kingdom of God tonight. You can be part of that. It should be an exciting thing. Now, it is, but also then you'd see this, his, it displays his glory and his power uh, and his authority over all powers, including your own, um, which is also a bummer of a part, but you know, it, it gets better. Okay. So let's look at the scripture. So Matthew 13, one through nine, I'm going to read the whole thing and then we're going to break it down. Now, many of you may have heard this parable before. So this is Jesus telling a story. Um, in Matthew chapter 13, I believe before, or I guess in chapter 12, I think, I don't remember off the top of my head right now, but he goes, this is what a parable is. Okay. A parable is a story, y'all. It's just an illustration to help you understand. Okay. So Matthew 13, one through nine, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake, which sounds like an awesome afternoon. Like if it was a full stop right there, great. Like if I'm going to go sit by the lake, I love you guys, um, but by myself, like that, that's uh, I, like, it's cool to hang out with you, uh, but not all the time. Um, and you guys know this. Some of you are like, you know what? I'm here because my roommate would never come to Chi Alpha. And that's why I'm here is because I know they won't be here. That may, may be true. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then it's ruined. Just kidding. A large crowd soon gathered around him. And so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught his people, or to, as he, sorry, he sat there and taught as, this pe as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Ta-da! All right. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Anybody grew up super rural? Are you from Ottawa? Okay, there you go. Um, that's rural. Uh, It's, it's pretty, pretty rural, y'all. Uh, don't, don't, we got it downtown. All right. No, if your downtown is called the square, it's, it, anyway, um, as, as he scattered them, talking about the seeds across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them because birds love seeds, guys. That's exciting. Um, other seeds fell on the shallow soil. With underlying rock, the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. 
But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Uh, Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. All right. See you guys later. Just kidding. Uh, But anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. We're not going to go directly into it. I'm not going to read directly into it. But my favorite part, one of my favorite parts about this portion uh, or this story is that the disciples go to Jesus after this. They're like, yo, Jesus, like, it's cool that you're telling stories, but... uh, Oh, they, they don't understand what you're saying. So could you tell us, explain to us, um, because they're, they're not really, they're, they're not fully grasping everything you're saying. But if you would tell us, um, th- then, you know, they'll hear, probably, too. Uh, that, 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 that's what I get from this story. Like, the disciples are like, Jesus, the people don't understand. Um, so could, if, if you could be so kind as to explain it to us, um, because I are a people right now. <laughs> And that's basically what's going on. So we're going to look at this. There's, there's four different soils, and we're going to look at all four of them. I've, I've preached on this portion of scriptures, Scripture many times, but this might be a different angle, I think, than I've ever preached on it before. But we're going to look at the four soils. So the first one is this footpath. Um, if you've ever, you guys know the 7th Street Trail, all that stuff, which is actually Prairie Spirit Trail. Um, and then the other one, which is the Flint Hills Trail. That's the, the trails that you cross country. No, okay. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> Yay, track. Um, anyway, so um, it's a hard and compact. If you go out there and you try to jog on it, it, it the reason it's, you can do that is because even though it's not pavement, it's crushed limestone and it's hard and it's very compact because tons and tons of railroads, uh, of trains, railroads, trains went across it for, I don't know, a bunch of years and then they tore all that crap out and now it's a walking trail. Thanks, BNSF. Um, but seeds sit on it, on top of the soil, and the seeds never have a chance of taking root. So you just throw in seed, okay? Yay! Go throw it out there on that. It's not going to grow. It's not going to go down in. Okay, cool. So then there's the rock stuff. Uh, small areas where soil may exist, or even it's really, really rocky under, like there's just a top, nice top layer, and it's really rocky underneath. Um, anybody, like... As a kid, you have a really good time, like, going in your backyard with, like, a small shovel or something, and you just dug. All right, there's, like, five of you. Everybody else is like, you guys are weirdos. Uh, but you just dug. Uh, I did. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, rural American. Um, yeah, I dug. It was awesome. Uh, so but this happens in non-rural America. Uh, I was an intern in Phoenix, Arizona, and we took a, a, a trip, all of us interns, and we went to Mission Beach in San Diego, um, and there were, well, there were Marines. So I love Marines. They're great. They love crayons. Um, they're good, good folk. But they were, they were digging. I know, Josh knows too. Uh, but they, they literally, we were on the beach watching, the, all, they were just digging a hole. They were saying how big and how deep of a hole they could get. I don't know why. Um, it was something to do. Um, but then it was kind of, kind of smart because it was like, oh, hey, Lady, come this way. Can we see if you, we can lower you into the pit? And if you're, you know, and then so then, um, first off, ladies, if any dudes, even on a public beach, are like, hey, we want to lower you in this pit. <laughs> Let me put down my beer first. Uh, uh, say no. Don't do it. 
Um, and that was, that was their goal. But if you've ever dug, not on a beach, but especially in like this area um, or anywhere in Kansas or kind of anywhere, uh, most of the part in the Midwest, more than likely when you start digging, you're going to hit a rock real quick. It's a bummer. Uh, or clay. It's just, it's terrible. So these, the seed would get into the soil and grow a little bit, but then because all the rocks around it or the rocks underneath it, it would die. And then the thorns. Ah, oh, the thorns. Uh, the seeds of all kinds, seeds of all kinds growing, uh, making harvesting impossible. Uh, because while the seed grew, um, the seed that this, this farmer threw out while it grew, uh, it wasn't able to f- grow to maturity to actually produce anything because it was choked out and died. And then, of course, you have the final seed. It's cultivated soil um, that was worked, rocks removed, weeds killed, and good seed can grow in a healthy manner. All right. Now, let's talk about the different parts of this story. Really quickly, the soil has almost nothing to do with you and me. The soil, in the, or sorry, the seed... My bad. The seed has almost nothing to do with you and me. The seed, by the way, is the word of God. Okay? It's the good news about Jesus Christ. That's the seed that's being thrown out by this farmer. The farmer, by the way, is Jesus. So Jesus is throwing out the seed. Some of you are like, what? No way. Okay. But he's throwing out the seed. The seed is the good news about Jesus. Now, obviously, later on, we know that the good news is also that he died on a cross for our sins, was buried, and then rose back to life, which is nuts. Uh, three days later, and that was for you and for me, so that we can li- not just die and not go to hell, but so that we can live and have life more abundantly, John 10, 10. Okay? All right. So that's, that's the seed. Now, the soils, that's every one of us. We are each soil. Now, here's the fun thing about these soils. We're going to look at them even more closely. Depending on where you are in your journey of faith, you can be multiple different soils at the same time. It's really fun. Um, Because here's the reality of it. This is why the gospel is so awesome. Because there may be areas of your life that you have committed fully to Jesus. There may be none. Okay, we'll talk about that too. But there may be some areas that you've committed absolutely to Jesus. Uh, Like that is fully committed but then you've compartmentalized your life. And so this is all belongs to Jesus, but I'm going to hang on to this because it gives me comfort. And so maybe here your soil is really, really good. But over here, your soil's a hardened footpath and a crappy place to grow stuff. All right. But the footpath, the good news about Jesus cannot be for me. This is kind of where it is. Uh, Jesus... I don't know if the story about Jesus, the stories about Jesus, I don't know if they're true. I don't know if the Bible can be trusted. This is, this is where those, the, that, that soil is. So if this is you, that's, that's okay. That's just where you are right now. Um, so if, you're, if your soil, your heart, your mind is the footpath, that means you're hardened by life, by whatever. Um, there may be areas of your life that you may say, Jesus you cannot touch that. That is not okay for you to go near. Everything else, I will submit everything else to you, but not that. But not that. Which means that the gospel cannot take root and it cannot actually grow. Uh, because the, it, that's just how it works. Okay? So that's the footpath. And then we got the rock. Uh, I like parts of the good news about Jesus, 
but I'm not willing to remove the things in my life that will allow it to grow. Like you, you like going to church. Maybe you don't. Maybe like church ain't for me. Um, you like coming to Chi Alpha. You like going to large group or small group. I don't know. Um, you like coming to the events that we have. You like going to church when you're home. Uh, you like going to church with your grandma or whatever, your parents, uh, that kind of a thing. But that's about the extent of it. Like you've, you've grown up and you've kind of heard that Jesus is about, you know, so you don't go to hell after you die. And you're like, that's about as much as I want to serve Jesus. I don't really want him getting all that involved in my day-to-day in everything I do, in everything I say, in how I think and feel. I don't know if the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart needs to be pleasing to God because I went to church last week. Uh, or Easter. I was there Easter and Christmas. Um, the CEOs? Christians that are Christmas and Easter only? No? Okay. All right. No more. No more jokes. I quit. Um, I, you know I don't quit. I'm going to say something silly later. Uh, it's just, anyway. Uh, but I like parts of the good news. So there are some parts of the gospel that are really fascinating to you. Like even some of the stuff that we read in the Proverbs well, during worship, like that sounds awesome. Like his anger is only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I like that. So I'm going to put that on my Facebook profile. Or I'm going to put that on my Instagram profile. Now, the rest of the stuff I put on there is complete trash. But I have a Bible verse on there. That makes you a Christian. That's right. That's actually in, in, in the, I think Paul wrote something about that. You know, make sure that your profile verse um, is from Proverbs or something. Um, except Paul was older, so it was something about MySpace. Um, that, that's, you know, so, you don't know what that is. Uh, that's cute. Um, but, <laughs> but you like parts about Jesus. There might even be things that come out of your mouth that sound like you know who Jesus is, but in your heart you have no idea of its power. Jesus says this to even Pharisees at one point in time. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Like, it's a warning, y'all. Like, that's a warning for me. Not just for you, that's a warning for me. Like, where am I? What parts of my heart looks like that? Where, like, I, I, you know what? I like the power of the gospel in this area, but I don't know if I'm ready to actually do the work to get the rock away, to cultivate the ground so that stuff can grow. Mm-hmm. All right, now we've got the thorns. I like the good news about Jesus. I'll even be disciplined and allow it to grow, but I deny the authority of Scripture in my whole life. This, this is where it gets, gets fun, y'all. Uh, like, over my whole life? Like, hang on, what about... Uh, you know, how about part of my life? Can is, is part of my life okay? Uh, can can I can I just? I still want to compartmentalize my walk with Jesus. Like I also I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the worship team. And I'm gonna sing in the choir. Um, I might even raise my hands during worship. Um, but if I'm not at church, I ain't speaking about them because uh, that's embarrassing. Um, if if. You know, I'm not around, I, I'm, I, I talk this way around my Christian friends, and then I talk this way around, around my, my friends that are not, not so Christian. Uh, uh, don't, 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 don't get in my personal business, but this is the point of the gospel. The gospel is supposed to permeate, mm-hmm. penetrate every area of our hearts, and transform our minds into doing and to reflecting more and more of Jesus. Listen, the point is not so you walk out of here tonight perfect, because you can't. 
you will walk out of, you, you can, I mean, I don't, I'll give you a Bible and you can read the whole thing this week. If that's would be impressive. Um, uh, you won't be eligible anymore. Um, but you, you, I don't know why I'm failing everything. I do. Um, not life though, because I got Jesus. Um, don't, the co- probably won't fly with your coaches. Uh, don't try it. But, yeah. Not your coaches. Oh, goodness. Yeah, careful with, yeah. But I like the good news about Jesus. And I'll even be disciplined in some areas and allow it to grow. But I'll deny the authority of Scripture my whole life. So I will allow weeds to grow up with what I know of Jesus. And then when troubles happen, when things that cause anxiety to happen, when I get in trouble for doing something stupid, when just some problem in life happens, I'm going to crumble because my foundation is crap. That is the reality of life. Now, I want to make this very, very clear because the kingdom of heaven is near. Walking with Jesus and this thing called Christianity was never meant to be told to you or explained to you like it was just a, if you raise your hand one time, cool, bye. That's, <laughs> could you imagine if marriages worked like that? Hey, here's this, this guy and girl, uh, anybody, anybody, cool, all right, you're married, you don't have to talk to them. Uh, <laughs> well, see you later, have fun, they'll be here. Uh, <laughs> and then, that probably wouldn't work so great. Uh, being married that way. But we treat God the same way. We say, God, you can have part. You can have this part and this part. And I don't, but there's these other couple parts. I, I, don't, I don't think so. And I would, I would wager that the grand majority of you in this room, no matter where you are in your journey of faith, that you can think of that area right now. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty quick. Um, not not because I'm like, oh, I know your area where you're where you stumble, where you fall. I don't. I don't. Well, I, maybe, uh, but most part, I don't. That's not me going. You suck as a human being, and you suck as a follower of Jesus. That's Jesus going, man. Listen, my anger is just for a moment, but my favor's for a lifetime. Come here. You need to hear the grace in the gospel. The grace is not, you have to be perfect now, but the grace is through the shed blood of Jesus, you can walk step in step, and then I will help you through this journey. You won't be perfect. You can't be, okay? You can't be perfect. That doesn't give you a license to go, well, I can't be perfect, so <laughs> screw it all. Um, I love Jesus, but I also love everything else. All right, and then obviously the good soil Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. I mean, that's... Woo! All right. So, soils one through three. This is an incomplete spiritual conversion, or non-existent. I guess number one is just non-existent. But two and three, are, it's just an incomplete spiritual conversion. Now, I have seen this in students, both as a youth pastor a millennial ago, um, and then over the last nine years as a Chi Alpha pastor, I have seen students come and tell me about, man, there was this one time when I was a sophomore in high school, I went, went to this Christian camp, and it was amazing. 
cool. What's happened in the three years since then? Uh, have, you, have you at all gotten connected with, with like-minded people where they challenge you? The Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. So, so as one man sharpens another, or as one friend sharpens another, so iron sharpens iron. Which means if they're not sharpening you, they're not your friend. Uh, I like saying that. It's a lot of fun, but whatever. A failure to show the true commitment to Christ and true separation from, it says the, but think about this, okay? Uh, throw, throw yourself in that sentence for a moment. Like, do I have an incomplete spiritual conversion? Uh, do I have a failure? Do I fail to show a true commitment to Christ? Do I fail to have true separation from the things that I believe that are ungodly? What about the behaviors that I know go against what the Word of God says? What about my lifestyles? Do, do, I, do I look a whole lot more like the world than I do like Jesus? This doesn't mean that you need to be a weirdo, okay? I don't like those people either. Those Christians bother the crap out of me. Uh, I can't, I can't. You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Stop it. All right. All right, so what does this mean for the body of Christ? Now, if you are not part, if, if you have not confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, this part, it is still for you, uh, but this is for all of you that have claimed that you say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, when you act like soils one, two, or three, this is what happens, okay? The first one, the church fails in its responsibility by failing to communicate Christ's message thoroughly, making a commitment to Christ seem too easy or neglecting the emphasis of the cost of following Christ. This is why people who don't follow Jesus, who are on the outside and they look at the church and all of our hypocrisies, this is why they go, Ugh, I don't want that. Because so many of us walk around in soils two and three, we're like, well, I mean, I, I go to church. I've been there like at least once already this year. It was awesome. Uh, not that church is a staple of if you're following Jesus or not. Uh, it definitely helps. But following Jesus may not be the easiest task on the planet. It's not simply raising your hand at one point in time and going, cool. Cool. We got one more. Teaching and being an example of believing in Christ with the mind, but not with the heart. I know a lot about Jesus. I could quote memory verses. I can do sword drills. You guys know what that is? Yeah, yeah. All my Christian nerds. Uh, sword drills when uh, a pastor, usually a youth pastor, a kid's pastor, is like, all right, everybody get your Bible out. Now the first one to turn to, everybody's got their Bible Matthew 6, verse 3, and, and then they read it. It's like, sword drill, I win. I, you get a piece of candy. I don't know. That's a sword drill. So that's my nerdy Christian brethren. Um, but teaching, <laughs> you know, brethren, teaching and being the example of believing in Christ with the mind but not with the heart. So while I have a lot of information here, uh, it hasn't transferred down to my heart, and it hasn't actually affected how I live on this planet. When I speak to and about other people? Is it still honor that comes out of my mouth even when I'm frustrated? When I'm around whoever it is that I'm around, the words that come out of my mouth, is it honoring? Am I, am I removing the image of God off somebody's life in my mind or my heart and removing their humanity 
basically saying that God didn't make them. All right, Mark 4.25 says this. To the, this is Jesus' words, by the way. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little they understand will be taken away from them. Have you ever gotten a gift and you thought, what the crap's that about? Or have you ever given a gift thinking you're really funny and the person opens it and you're laughing your head off and they're looking at it like, what? Have you ever given somebody a gift thinking it'd be really funny to do so? Like, you get a box and get some mouthwash in it and throw a toothbrush in there and be like, hey, I got you something. And you're so excited and you open it up and it's like, you got me a toothbrush and mouthwash. Thanks. I think you jerk. Like, don't give me that as a gift. If I need it, just help me, you know. Um, but here's, here's, here's the fun thing about gifts like this. Like, have you ever received a gift like this? Anybody? My mother-in-law gave the entire family soap this year for Christmas. Like, in all of our stockings, we all got a bar of soap. And it was like, all right, Mom. Like... Like, am I, like, I don't, I guess we all needed soap this year. But here's, here's the reality of this gift, okay? Uh, the gift of the good news about Jesus is always offensive when we don't know our condition. When you get a gift of, somebody gives you some mouthwash, you get offended because you don't recognize that your breath stank, okay? <laughs> you don't realize, like, I got you a brand new stick of deodorant. Be like, I came from practice, uh, I get it. You're fine. I'm sorry. Not fully. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, here's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. The gift is offensive when we don't know our condition. The gift of the gospel is offensive when I don't know my condition. So right now, after we've gone through some of these scriptures, maybe you're sitting there going, yep, there's some areas I need to change. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, your heart is about like this. Like, I'm going to kill that guy. Or I'm going to block him on Facebook. Or whatever. Like, I don't have Facebook. I'm under 40. Um, I don't know. But the gospel is always going to be offensive when you don't recognize your own condition. When I don't recognize my need for a Savior, not so He can save me from hell, but that He can save me so I can walk in a new life with Jesus and have life more abundantly. Do you crave the benefits of forgiveness and spiritual salvation, but not actively give the leadership of your life to Christ and submit fully to His authority? That's, that's, that's it. That's my question. That's my que- the question of the day. Do I, do, I, do I like what Jesus talks about? Do I like what my, my friends at Chi Alpha talk about? Do I, do I like going to small group? Do I like whatever it is? The different things that you're involved in on campus that are supposed to be of spiritual value. Do I just attend them because they make me feel good about myself? They make me feel good for a moment, but I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go sin again anyway, and I know what that sin's going to be? Or do I actively want to go, you know what? I, I need to recognize that I need to repent for the kingdom of God is near. 
And this isn't fire insurance. This is God knows a better way for your life. And I have to recognize that. And until I recognize that, the gift is offensive. This has been fun. <laughs> Matthew 11. Oh, were you saying awe? Do I need to go back for a second? <sighs> Note takers. Okay, good. Okay, Matthew 11. This is, where, this is where we end tonight. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. There is not a person in this room tonight that has not felt that right there. Everybody in this room at some point in time has felt that, that you have been carrying a burden so heavy that it's weighed you down that you didn't know what to do with it. But guess what? Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. When was the last time that you felt rest in your soul? For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This is Jesus talking, by the way. So is Christianity easy? Is following Jesus easy? No, right there. I'm going to give you a burden. It's a burden to walk with me. It's difficult, but guess what? It's light. And I can promise you, it's better than the option you're currently choosing. All right, if you want to bow your heads and close your eyes, we're going to pray tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for this gift that you give. God, may I never look at that gift with contempt. May I never look at the gift of your son dying on the cross for me. May I never look at it as though it is cheap or easy. God, I pray in this moment that we would recognize the weight. That while there is an incredible weight to following you, there is also the ability to find incredible rest and rest for our souls as we follow you. Jesus, I thank you for you are a God who is kind. I thank you that you are a God whose anger is but for a moment, but your favor is for a lifetime. Welcome to the Ottawa University Chi Alpha Podcast. 